Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with recent bride and groom Jenna and Liam Gillen, who were married at Animal Kingdom at Walt Disney World. And I thought you guys would love to hear the story that goes with their amazing pictures. So I invited them on the show today. Welcome, Jenna and Liam. Thanks for having us, Carrie. We're so happy to be here. Hi, Carrie. Well, I'm so glad you could be on the show today. I always like to ask my couples first how they decided to even get married at Disney. (laughs) So Jen and I met and fell in love while working at Walt Disney World about five years ago. So the parks are a really big part of who we are both as individuals and as a couple. We both knew that a Disney wedding was right for us. I mean, it's such a big part of our lives. Absolutely. Like everything he said. And it's just, it's a really special place to us. And it was a great day to be able to share that place with all of our family and friends. That's great. And since you guys still live there, did your family have to travel very far or are they all there also? Liam's family for the majority is on the space coast of Florida. I actually grew up in Chicago. I'm in a suburb called Winneka. So a lot of my family is from the Midwest or up in the Upper East Coast. So They actually all were completely unsurprised with us getting married here, though, because they knew how much we both loved Disney. The question was where in Disney World we were going to get married, more likely. Got it. So you didn't get a lot of pushback or anything? No, not at all. Yeah, we got some of the typical questions. You know, are there going to be characters there? Is it going to be, you know, in front of the castle that you kind of typically expect? And then always those questions. Oh, my God, it's got to be so expensive because it's at Disney. What did you tell them? (laughs) We told them, I mean, when we were comparing it out to most places, it really did become out affordable. And it was just for what we wanted and the experience we wanted to give our guests. It was worth every penny of it. That's great. How many guests ended up coming to the wedding? We actually invited about 119 and 85 attended. It's always interesting to hear a comparison based on where everybody's family is, how many you invited. So that's interesting. I think it really helped out that getting married in the middle of January for people that live in like Illinois and like New York and Connecticut kind of helped it out too. Getting married in Florida sounded pretty desirable, especially with this winter. (laughs) Good point. So now talk to me about the locations you guys chose and why you chose them. We had a rehearsal dinner at Via Napoli and Epcot, which was really kind of unique. We didn't go with their packages. We kind of just made a reservation on our own and lucked into the big family table in the center. And then right after that, Jenna's parents hosted a dessert party for us at the Italy Azola. So that was a really great start in getting everyone kind of welcome to the property. And then we really, Liam and I just love Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom kind of gets on the back burner of most Disney fans, but I just think it is the most beautiful park, especially at night. So that's the side of Animal Kingdom that's not really ever shown. To most guests, they don't usually stay stay past, you know, like two or three o'clock. It gets the half day park joke of it. And so we really wanted to show guests and we just wanted to experience Animal Kingdom at night, the pure like amazingness that it is. So for the ceremony, we had it in a location that's called the Belvedere Palace Ruins. 
and that's located in the Maharaja Jungle Trek uh, over in the Asia area, just after you get past the tiger enclosures. It's this kind of really intimate archway that looks like an old hunting lodge of the, you know, the Maharaj himself. It's kind of a blank canvas. That, that part of the park's not open at night, so it's pitch black uh, normally. So Disney came in and, and really kind of lit it up. <laughs> and then our reception was in front of Everest, which was just incredible to have that experience and see the mountain just that beautiful at night. That's great. Now, I know you guys were concerned because after you started planning, you found out there was going to be construction in Animal Kingdom. How did that turn out? We actually started planning this almost a full year in the making, and a lot changed in the theme parks. So with Animal Kingdom and the, and the construction... We like we moved around. We had we were had so many different ceremony and reception locations. We wanted to originally get married right by the ice cream truck by Everest, but then a lot of the higher walls for the new Rivers of Light show came up, so that got scratched. And we really wanted to have our reception at Flame Tree Gardens, but that I went into refurbishment in early January. But all those little like nooks and crannies, although it was frustrating, it was really nice to have clear communication from our planner. And we ended up with, I think, two stellar locations in the end. That's great. And could you see construction walls? You can, but the way my planner put it is we had the classy walls. They were the ones that had like pictures from when actually Joe Rody and the Imagineers went out to explore Nepal for the Everest in the Asia area of Animal Kingdom. So they weren't like the standard like brown walls with like the Stanley quote on it. So it was a little <laughs> bit better than that. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So now Animal Kingdom is an interesting case because you have to start the event there about two hours after the park closes, which can be interesting timing for a wedding. Can you give me a timeline of how the day ran for you guys? So as far as the timeline goes, we started pretty early in the day. The park closed that day at five. So that means our the earliest we could start anything was at seven o'clock at night. So the day started bright and early with hair and makeup starting at 1030 a.m., Photography and stuff showed up, and videography showed up at 2.30 in the afternoon. And we had a first look at the boardwalk between 3.30 and 4. From 4 o'clock, we took a transport over to Animal Kingdom for a really special experience, which was the Wild Africa Trek BOMA photo shoot. So that was really kind of unique, and we kind of got to do that right immediately after the park closed, right until about 6 o'clock when we got to go back over and see our ceremony location for the first time. And for people that don't know what the BOMA is, it's on the Kilimanjaro Safari ride, basically. You can have the best view of it. When you hit the savannah of it, there's this platform out there. So we were able to go and take some ceremony pictures together and then also with our bridesmaids and the groomsmen. So that was a really special moment for all of us being out there together and get some really cool pictures. I would never expect it of getting a giraffe selfie in my wedding pictures. <laughs> So yeah, we, we finished that up around 6 o'clock and made our way over to the, the reception location. And Jen and I kind of got whisked away with our photographers, Nate and Jensi Root, into the park, which was now closed and pretty much empty, to take some pre-photos before the ceremony got started while there was still a little bit of light left. Yeah. Ceremony kicked off right at 7.30. And at that point, it's pitch black. And, and they did a really amazing job lighting up the ceremony location, made it, transformed it into something completely different that we could have you know, never hoped for. And then the reception went right after that straight into Everest and ended at the stroke of midnight in the true Disney form. <laughs> That's great. And did you guys keep Everest open for your guests to ride or was it just an amazing backdrop? It was an amazing backdrop. I think it'd be, it was actually unseasonably cold during that night. So I don't think our guests really would have wanted to ride it anyway. <laughs> 
That's cool. So now, did you guys have a theme? Was it an Animal Kingdom themed wedding? Or did you figure the location did all the theming for you? The location on its own does the theming for us. And that's where not we didn't really even do that much decor because of how beautiful the, those areas are. We did have a few Disney touches, though. We had a Lady in the Tramp themed wedding cake. We had a magic band that Liam had wrote a special message um, inside of it and that wrapped my bouquet. And then, like, for dinner, for, like, the reception, I mean, the dinner music, we did the main entrance music to Epcot and and Living with the Land and some of our favorite scores from some of our favorite attractions around the parks. That's cool. So when you were planning, what were the most and least important aspects where you focused your time and budget or maybe where you didn't focus your time and budget? For me, my top two were photography. I fell in love with Nate and Jen C. Root. A lot to do with you, so thank you so much for talking them up. Those <laughs> are the probably the most fantastic people that we worked with on the day of our wedding. We actually booked them first before we even called Disney, so they were a very important part, and they really meshed well with us. They really made our day special, so that was very important to us. And then for me, it would have been the great guest experience. I really wanted to make sure our guests that were traveling to Disney had that really great Disney experience. Crowds were low in the parks. Great time to come. It was just a good time overall. And for me, I would say the most important aspect was the food. I'm a big foodie and and we dine around Disney World all the time and have eaten at many different restaurants. So we really took some of our favorite dishes from across Disney property and handed the concepts over to the culinary team with Disney Park event operations, and they knocked it out of the park. Everything was phenomenal that we asked for, and they went above and beyond and gave us a few things that we had just kind of mentioned, and and they delivered on it. Chocolate-covered bacon was one that we had mentioned that we thought we'd like to include somewhere, and they added it as one of the past hors d'oeuvres in our cocktail hour, and it was was really amazing. It was a hit. (laughs) Big hit. (laughs) That's awesome. So that's interesting because a lot of times when it comes to picking the menu, people are sort of at a loss because they get menus sent by Disney, but even those are overwhelming. So you guys mostly just picked and chose from existing menus of places you like to eat, or how did you narrow it down when you did your tasting? A lot of it was what you just said. Like, for example, for our dessert party, we love the cronuts at Epcot. And I am a big fan of Frushi, which is the fruit sushi they serve at the Epcot Flower and Garden Festival, or as I call the Booze and Blooms Festival. So um, <laughs> that was really fun incorporating that stuff in there, too. And then with the, the actual food for the um, or reception, we, like you said, we picked from the menus that they provided. We did pick our favorites for some of the main courses. But there was certain things like we really love the shrimp appetizer at Citrico's. It's like a key lime shrimp with feta cheese and diced tomatoes. And they serve that on a single serving like silver spoon as one of the it's kind of, it was kind of on our bread and uh, cold appetizer stand for the actual buffet. And we had the bread sampler for Sanaa. So I think one of my biggest advice for girls that I heard from this podcast even is don't be afraid to ask for your favorite Disney foods. However, be very weary on the Hana noodles because they do not recreate them the same way as they do in the (laughs) restaurant. (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah, and I've even found that between parks, like certain parks will make one dessert one way and another park makes it differently. So it's good to have a tasting if you can. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's a big plus of the wishes. We we really enjoyed the tasting session. We would actually probably go back and do it again for an anniversary and have them recreate it, you know, 10 years, five years down the line or something. And that would be amazing. But yeah, they knocked it out of the park and everything we requested, they 
they provided for us at the tasting session. And, you know, there were some things he's like, we tried something a little different based on, you know, we asked for the truffle mac and cheese from Yatsman Steakhouse. And he's like, it's not the exact recipe, but it's pretty close. And it was probably better in our opinion. Everyone else agreed. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So this sounds pretty spectacular. What was your one single most favorite memory of your wedding day? My favorite memory was just how personalized it was. Our officiant was actually the leader that introduced Liam and I when we used, when we worked at Disney. So that was a really special thing for us. Liam's brother created a reading that he read at the ceremony that really touched everybody's hearts. My maids of honor for their speeches, they dug up old emails from when Liam and I first started dating and read them out loud. So there were very personal, special touches that really, not only with the backdrop of Disney and the beautiful park of Animal Kingdom, but having those touches combined to it just made that those parts of the park so much more special to us now that we look back on it. And as far as my favorite memory, the, the Wild Africa Trek photo shoot that we got to take part in was amazing. You know, we both love riding that ride. And I used to ride it for hours before I even started working at Disney when I was a pass holder. I would just ride it with my camera and take pictures of the animals. So it was one of the first places Jen and I went ever in a park together. So to be able to go out there and take pictures together with our friends and, you know, just with that beautiful backdrop and the wild animals, there's some elephants in the background and the, the giraffes. It was just, I can't imagine anything else like it anywhere. Yeah, it was once in a lifetime for sure. That's awesome. Now, did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? We had probably, it felt as if Disney handpicked the best cast members to work our event. I'm sure all brides feel like this because because we trust so much of this big day in Disney, they all were so flawless. I could talk for hours about how much I love my planner, Maxine. I think she is probably one of the greatest cast members I've ever had interacted with. The only thing that would have went wrong is our heaters did not get delivered right at the beginning of our reception. I mean, it was 47 degrees in Orlando, Florida, which is a very, very rare occurrence. So the fact that we still got to stay outside, and if the heaters were a little late, and if that's the only thing that went wrong, we really have no complaints. It was perfect. That's great to hear. Now, was there any aspect of the wedding that seemed like a big deal beforehand and then turned out not to be? So as I mentioned earlier, the um, the ceremony location is completely pitch black. It's not an area that's open to the park at night. The park itself usually isn't open late. We'll, we'll see what happens in the future there. So we put a lot of trust in Disney to light the ceremony location. And, you know, we, we got a blind estimate, and this is what they said the lighting package would cost. We didn't really have a clear vision of how it was going to look lit up, what the colors would be, you know, where everything would be, what they were going to bring in. So we didn't really see that until about 10 or 15 minutes before the ceremony started when all the guests started arriving and we kind of disappeared away while they, they kind of came in. But, you know, they really made such a huge effort. It seemed like there was 10 or 15 people there setting lights and everything, you know, the 10 or 15, half an hour before the wedding when they were getting everything ready. And it just turned out amazing. We did not focus, like to answer part of your questions from before, we did not focus on decor because we really did focus on the natural beauty of Animal Kingdom. So we did put a lot of focus and a lot of our budget was towards lighting. And unlike some of the other brides that are here, I can Pinterest these locations. I couldn't really ask for help. But like, hey, if you had a wedding reception here or ceremony, so it was exactly what Liam said, a lot of blind trust in Disney. But the pictures, I mean, and just being there, they... They excelled. They did wonderful. I am so impressed still. That's great. Yeah. Now, is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? 
we did BOC for our bar package and we did go over, we went over about $300. So I don't know if it necessarily we would have switched to a bar package knowing that. I think a lot of people were maybe drinking a little bit more to stay warm than they may have normally would <laughs> So I think maybe that. And then also, I wish I would have planned out some more like niche, like friends pictures in my head to make sure to take those pictures the day of. But I was just so caught up in the moment that I didn't get some of the pictures that I wish I had, but I got more pictures than I never thought I would have had. So it evened out. Yeah, there's really not much I would change differently. Maybe a little bit better communication from us with regards to the heaters, because we only said we wanted them at the reception. It probably would have been great to have them at the cocktail hour. People kind of congregated around the bar and the heaters when they started setting them up in the reception area, whereas the cocktail area was kind of set off to the side a little bit. And so that area really didn't get utilized, which is a shame because it's right outside of the gift shop, right next to the mountain. I mean, you're right underneath it there. You know, whereas the reception, only 30, 40 feet away, you know, you have a little bit more buildings in the way and there's not quite the same dramatic effect where the cocktail hour was going to be held. And, and, you know, some people use that area, some people didn't. We found ourselves alone in that area and then people started kind of flocking over to us to say hello when we made our little sneak-in entrance before the grand entrance. That's interesting. So then after all of this, do you guys have any tips or advice for future Disney brides and grooms? My tips are listen to this podcast. I did it for a year on my commute every day to Disney. Even if you think the ones that aren't necessarily fitting your book, like if maybe you aren't a escape bride, even like I picked up tips from just those little interviews and things like that. Your book, Carrie, fantastic. I think you excel at that very well. So I would definitely recommend your book. And then just really developing a really positive relationship with your planner. We were fortunate enough to be local and be able to see her multiple times. But just having that relationship and putting that trust into knowing that these cast members and these planners, they do this every single day. And so they probably have some really good suggestions for you. So just being really open to that. That's great. Staying well-organized is definitely the tip that Jenna and I have kind of taken out of a lot of this. You know, create yourself a binder, print your book, get your spreadsheets out, and, you know, really do look at other people's BEOs and things like that because you can really glean a lot of information. Maybe you'll see something in there that, you know, Disney didn't really advertise, but you could ask about and be like, hey, we saw this on somebody, so-and-so's BEO. What is that all about? And we kind of got away with a few things like that where we asked questions about things and then, oh, yeah, that is an option, actually. Yeah, don't be afraid to ask for things you want. Like, I mean, what's the worst they can do? Say no. I mean, if you've never asked, you'll never know, and maybe you'll never get the dream that you probably could have had if you just asked. That's a good point, yeah. Well, is there any place online where my listeners can go to read about or see photos of your day? Our photographers were, like we said, Nate and Jency Root. They did do a little preview on their blog, rootweddings.com slash blog. You'll eventually be able to find pictures at our wedding website, which was jennaandliam.com. And I have pictures on my Facebook right now, my public Facebook. That's great. Well, Jenna and Liam, thank you so much for taking the time to share the story. I know that a lot of people were interested, especially because there aren't very many events at Animal Kingdom, and it's just great that you were able to share in such detail how you planned and how the day turned out. So thank you. Thank you, Carrie. We're, we're both looking forward to hearing ourselves on the radio for a change because we listen to podcasts all the time. Thank you so much, Carrie. It's been a pleasure. You are wonderful, and I'm so excited to have been able to help other brides out. Oh, thank you. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. 
You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at disneyweddingpodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com/weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com. <laughs>